All right. Welcome to Something Positive for Positive People. My name is Courtney Brain. Something Positive for Positive People is a 501c3 nonprofit organization that supports people navigating herpes stigma. We also train sexual health care professionals on how to offer stigma-free communication to patients. Today is a first in the history of Something Positive for Positive People. I am doing a video recording over Zoom. Lord help me, all right? <laughs> this is different because I'm used to just hitting a button on my phone and then everything gets recorded. So we will have video functionality. We have guests who are uh, in the audience virtually who will be able to ask questions. I ask that y'all hold y'all questions to the end of the podcast. And if you do have anything to say so that you don't forget it, you can just engage with one another in the chat. All right. So uh, today's podcast topic is going to be overall. The title is podcast episode 324, Empowering Voices, a candid conversation on herpes and stigma in the Batlack community. I looked away because I, I thought I saw something pop up. I thought somebody was uh, joining. All right. So today, uh, Belize and I are going to be talking about cultural dynamics in herpes, health care access and equity, community support systems, addressing stigma, empowerment and advocacy, personal narratives, and then the role of religion and spirituality. Uh, these are all things that we hope to be able to cover in this conversation, uh, as well as, of course, uh, Belize's background. If you listen to episodes of Something Positive for Positive People, then you already are familiar with my backstory. So there's really no point in me going into that. Before we get started, I want to just let y'all know that the herpes stigma survey that y'all have been taking closes in January. So the end of January, I have until February 1st to get your responses in. All right. And that data will be presented at the first ever Something Positive for Positive People virtual conference, which Belize is a sponsor of. I wish I had those little sound effects buttons. All right. Um, so I want to shout out Belize and Vanquish. Oh, I, I got you, Vanquish. <laughs> Vanquish Care Products for sponsoring us for this conference. Uh, in addition to Vanquish Care Products, uh, we also want to give a shout out to the American Sexual Health Association. And they are a sponsor of the conference as well. We've been friends and collaborators for a few years, actually. Um, these Fred actually was one of my podcast guests a few years ago. I forget how long ago it was, but full circle moment. Uh, they came back and wanted to support us by sponsoring the Something Positive for Positive People conference. So in the 1970s, ASHA, the American Sexual Health Association, launched the Herpes Resource Center to offer support, education, and advocacy around genital herpes infections. A core value of theirs then and now is promoting the message that having herpes or any other STI means one thing, you're human, you're normal. Visit them online at www.ashasexualhealth.org slash herpes. All right, let's get into it. So Belize, I often just ask guests to introduce themselves because I'll go into how we met and all the all the side conversations of how we don't work together and everything. So let's just start out with um, a little bit of an introduction to yourself, uh, your company, and then how you just got started in this work, and then we'll hit the podcast topics. All right, so I am Belize Spivey, known as the STD Life Coach. If you don't know what an STD Life Coach is, then you don't know, because I'm the only one in the world, and baby, I am trademarked, so don't mess with it, okay? 
So with that being said, I am the first African-American woman to be a herpes activist. I started in 2015. Um, at that time, I had just found out my diagnosis just in 2009. Um, I was in college at the time, um, and I found out my diagnosis just having casual sex. We're going to keep it real. Having casual sex, I end up finding out my diagnosis. Um, didn't know anything about herpes at all, like truthfully at all. Um, from from that point on, I, I was seeking for support. At that time, we only had Yahoo and MySpace. Google didn't exist. YouTube didn't exist. None of that existed. Um, so with that being said, I didn't know where to go, which led me to a support group, which we all know. The support group world is still where it is. Okay, that is where all of us probably know each other, become activists, things of that nature. So that really um, put me in a place of like, okay, I can do this. It's people across the globe. Um, I'm not alone. I'm not alone. Um, anything like that. And then I got to the place where like, okay, I can do this. Let me help somebody else. Some it's like. You put your hand out for me. Let me put my hand out for you. And that was the culture of the support group I was in. So I started doing that. I loved it because I was like, I want to be a counselor anyway. This is dope. Like I could see the mental health in it. So I was like, okay, let me help people get to a place of loving themselves again, accepting themselves. Let me help them with that. And then dealing with the day to days. That's easy if you can do it for yourself first. Right. So I started doing that and I became that girl um, on YouTube and then branched out into doing sessions, branched out into doing Vanquish Care, which Vanquish Care was launched 2019, right before COVID hit and blew the hell up in the middle of COVID. Y'all got herpes, but y'all was out here having outbreaks, baby, because it was crazy. It's so many people who didn't know they had herpes, um, which I have blessed enough to say uh, Vanquish Care is two times six figure earning company because of you guys. So with that being said, just know that um, I've been here for a while. I completely understand I have type one and I have type two. So I understand I have children, which I had after herpes. I've been married. I've been divorced. I have amazing sex life. Like life is good. Okay. Life is good. So you can do this. You can do this. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for that dynamic introduction. And I, I love to see and hear the, the passion in your voice, especially mm -hmm. offering the representation of being a black woman when you and I both know, you know, there's not, there's not any of us. Uh, there was a time period where there were other black herpes education advocates that were out there. Even they were all women. Uh, it was less than a handful. But uh, just to start out, I guess, like, what would you say when we look at the cultural dynamics of herpes, like, what are some beliefs and norms within the Black community that impact the perception of what it means to have herpes? The biggest thing is that we hold on to stigmas anyway as African-Americans or melanin, however you want to view it. Uh, we hold on to stigmas anyway. And since we hold on to stigmas, when we hold on to the stigma, we fail to educate ourselves. So since we're not educating ourselves, the stigma is our life now. We don't care what nobody tell us. We don't believe it. I can be telling you all day long that you can do just fine. You can tell him and he accepts you. And you be like, uh-uh, no, you see what they said on social media? We hold on to the stigma more than we listen to the education, which I believe that's more rooted in being Black, period, because of history, that we all hold on to that like that is fact other than getting the education. Okay, the last thing you said was other than getting the education, right? Please tell me that was the last thing you said. 
Okay. All right. Good. Woo. Um, I, I agree. Um, in talking to black people who are living with herpes, I find that there's so much resistance to what the facts are or even challenging those beliefs with behavior change. And we can get into, you know, the history and all of that. But looking at right now and the reality is what I see is that a lot of people will have this idea in their head about what it means about themselves now that they have herpes in relation to what they've heard other people say about other people who have herpes. And when we don't challenge what we think or what we believe by doing something different actively, then yeah, like why would we be able to let go of stigma in order to be able to embrace something else when mm-hmm. somehow, some way, holding on to stigma is serving us and it keeps us comfortable. It keeps us from taking any accountability or responsibility on seeking and pursuing the education that can get us out of the place that we are in regards to our diagnosis. Agreed, 100%. I don't think Uh, there's nothing else to say about it. I think that's the thing I can say for a long time. And in all these years, we have more activists, but same problem. Why is that? It's because they're still, as a community, we're still holding on to stigma. I think, you know, as we get more activists, which I know I swayed a little, but still, as we have more people who are stepping up and deciding they want to share their diagnosis or they want to be an influencer, I'll call them that. Some people just want to share their story. Um, What we are, what a lot of them are running, still running to is the fact that people do not want to throw the stigma over the cliff. And just take on the information and then implement it into their lives so they can have the normal life that they really say they want. But I'm realizing a lot of people just. If you will not date, then why do it matter? Because half of the people you read these comments from, you're not even, you don't find them attractive. You're not. Can you hear me? I can hear you. It has little pockets where it freezes, and I don't know what to do about that. It's not. I'm just gonna slow down. Okay. Okay. We're gonna we're gonna make this thing. Yeah, okay. it's gonna work out. It's got to. <laughs> yeah, I think it's gonna be more audio than it would. The recording may stagnate, but you probably still get the audio. Um, okay. but no, I was just saying, you know, most people want to hold on to that. And I'm also realizing a lot of people are just looking to see if the person they possibly interested in will give them a yes before they even do the work, which I feel like you're more concerned about the back end than the front end. The front end gets you all uh, options. The back end gets you none. Mm-hmm. You know what? And that speaks volumes to like what when I talk to people, I bring mm-hmm. a very yoga approach to it. And right. I don't say it because then people shy away from the spirituality, religious right. components that it makes up. But generally, what it is is that people are so in their imagination later in the future or in their memories of the past that nobody's really being present with what's happening right now. And when you can't be present to what's happening right now, you do live in your imagination and in your memories about things. And it keeps you from even seeing what's happening and uh, engaging with the reality that is, you know, what this is. So while we're on the topic, I guess that's a really good transition into looking at how religion or spirituality might have an impact uh, on how we go about managing or even talking about 
our herpes diagnosis in the black community. Okay, I'm gonna let someone say something. <laughs> I identify as a Christian. Okay, y'all may not realize that because I do not bring up my my religion. I don't see it as a need. If you know God, you will you'll get you'll feel it. You'll understand it. You will say it's something about you. And long enough, you'll figure out exactly what that is. Um, but for a person who who identifies as a Christian, it is a hindrance at times because many people are more stuck on how the church teach them than other than having a relationship. So they hold on to those type of traditions that tells them that they're nasty, disgusting, which is sad that even in the church, it has a stigma of labeling people for doing certain things. So it doesn't help some people based off their belief system that they belief system even have a stigma on those type of people. So now you got a double stigma based off your lifestyle and also what your belief system is. So with that being said, I say I, I hear it all the time because I have black women come to me. It's like, I'm I'm a Christian. I don't know. What to do I don't. I Number one, breathe and realize God is not mad at you. Get over it. Okay, get over that. You are human. He died on the cross. Ha <laughs> ha. Sin doesn't matter. Okay. Challenge me if you want. We can go to the word for it. So that don't matter. So why are you freaking out? It's because people, wherever you go, is telling you you're 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 low and you're scum at this point for our action. I'm keeping it real. And it's it's causing that person now to think, well, now would I get married? Will God give me what I want? All of these things. So I think that's another part to it, depending on your belief system. And even, not even just sometimes your belief system, but also how you was raised into your belief system and how you're, you know, living it, that it can keep people in a place of stuck. Um, where some people it's not, it's like herpes is not a big deal. It's just because of my belief system, I'm having a hard time. I can't tell my mom because my mom is going to tell me you're going to hell or, you know, somebody's like, well, you know, another belief system. I have Muslims who come to me like, man, I don't know what I'm going to do because I ain't supposed to be having sex anyway. You know, so it's just, it's different things depending on that person's belief system where it's not the status per se. It's the fact of who's going to support me as I'm trying to get back to myself or back to this new me. I don't feel like I have anybody. I don't have the community that I typically go to for the support when I'm having a struggle. Yeah. Uh, I keep noticing myself like look and try and make sure I stay on topic and no, I'm just, I, I'm, I can't, I can't do that. That's not how I podcasted over the last seven years. So I have this very beautifully written out document. It's even in the chat for how, what we're going to talk about, but uh, you bringing up, we have similar experiences, especially being advocates in this space. So we have the honor and the privilege of people of all different walks of life sharing their stories with us. Do you ever feel like, and, and this may be something that you get to in coaching, but when a person shares their story with me, Courtney, it's very low risk in the sense that I am someone who if I stop talking to them, they don't care. But it's so easy for them to just like depressurize the the buildup and share with Courtney. 
versus telling someone who knows them who can in fact validate their identity and who they are or were right before they got their diagnosis right mm -hmm. so is that something that you see as well and do you find that to be useful for people to yeah you know we're seeking support and we can get support in support groups. We can get support from people who look like us, but the support from people who know us, it ain't nothing like going to somebody that you like, know, love, trust, fought, fought with, uh, love, hate, have passion with whatever it is that you do and say to them, Hey, I am struggling mentally with this thing. And I can just you some support. I could just have you listen to me. I could use a friend right now mm -hmm. and for them to just see you the same way. Because we can't get at the people. We get like a few minutes with you. And oftentimes it might be like some word vomit in a DM or something like that. Mm -hmm. But that's really all we got to go off of. So we can't mm -hmm. really, it's going to take time for us to be able to support you mm -hmm. rather than being able to, you being able to get that support from the people around you. Mm -hmm. So to ask a question, what about stigma, especially for black people, melanated people, keeps them from sharing with a person around them? Worrying about somebody else telling something. Listen, you know we were taught. If I'm from the South. We were taught what happened to your house, stay in your house. Okay? That was a culture that is, I mean, ingrained in your soul. So my whole thing is a lot of people are scared that I was like, I, this is coming out of my house. So chances are it's going to go to another house. And I'm scared that that's going to be an issue. Or they're in a home that's already judgmental. OK, it's they already have a stigma in their house. They've been raised. You get an STI, you're this. If you get pregnant, you're this. If you do this outside of your belief system, you're this. So it makes it really hard where it's like, dang, I didn't really ask for this. It happens to me. Who am I going to talk to? Because I already know the culture and the foundation of the support system I have. I don't have anyone. Um, so I say this. We all need that one or two people that it don't matter what happens to you. They don't care. Get one, okay? You need one or two that it don't matter what you do. You jump off a cliff. They're like, it's all right. What you jump for? Like, what, what made you want to jump so bad? Like, you got to have that person who's like, I don't really care what you do. I'm just going to start helping you with your mental to, find, for, to help you realize why you did what you did. I'm not really here to judge what you did. I just want to help you come to your own realization. Like, let me help you with your self-awareness because... I don't know why you did it and let's figure that out together. But I think that's the thing. A lot of people, their support system is telling them how to live other than helping them learn how to live for themselves. And I think that is the biggest thing I see within the black culture. Now, now that I'm growing up, I'm getting a little bit older. I'm realizing a lot of people are still being raised other than being taught how to grow up and be aware and responsible for themselves and accountable for themselves, which I feel like sex come with that too anyway, because most people are still saying, wait until you're you know, and all these other things. So it gets to a place where it's like, dang, I don't know how I'm going to tell my mom. She's been telling me to wait. Or my dad had been, or a guy was like, bro, my mama told me not to have sex with that girl, bro. Like, I can't tell my mom. She ain't that chick. Like, she told me it was something on her. But I wouldn't listen. So it's things like that where it makes it really hard where just because of how your culture is in your home, it keeps people from sharing. And I can say it is a blessing that we have more activists because we know our, our DMs used to be packed. Emails used to be packed. And there's only so much we can do. 
We can't be on the phone with y'all all day. We can't be, we can't do it as bad as we want to serve and help. It's, it gets tiring and it's a lot because got everybody's vomiting at this point because they finally have somebody who understands the things like that. So um, I say with that being said, it is important to have it, but if you do not have it, support groups is your bread and butter. Like they're your bread and butter. Get into a place where you feel comfortable. Make sure the culture of the support group is where you feel supported because every support group is not for you. And that's something I learned. That's the reason I created my own. Um, I wasn't supported in certain support groups. Some support groups don't do Belize Spivey, okay? They don't do SE Life Coach. They don't do Vanquish Care. They hate me. Mm -hmm. That's <laughs> that, that is fine. But I feel like for you, for a person who's in the community, you need to find your people. I don't care that you have herpes. You still have to find like-minded people. And I think that's something we all need to realize. Many people are like, well, she got herpes and he got herpes. It should be. Nah, ah, ah, ah. We all still come with experiences. We all still come with belief systems. We all come with all these things. Remember, depending on whoever's over the facilitator, ask yourself, will I be friends with them? Would I want to be similar to them? If not, don't do it, okay? Because they're the ones who's controlling the group. They're creating the culture. They're the ones scanning everything. So you have to pay that some attention, okay? I'm just giving you. I'm, I'm, I'm Hey, listen, I'm glad somebody else saying it. And it ain't just me saying it. You know, uh, I've had my experiences in the support groups. And we can talk a little bit more about that as well as advocacy. Um, but I want to close out what you mentioned, you know, about uh, when we look at education and we look at that, what happens here stays here mentality, I recognize as I've grown up and become more educated, being able to look from the outside in perspective, because when you're in it, you don't see it. Looking around like, I, I now know my mama did the best she could, my granddad, my dad, my whole family, they did the best they could. And it was very much from a place of survival. The decisions that they made had to be like shortcuts to you, me. I mean, growing up as a black man in America, right? I had discipline look different. Uh, the way that words were used looked different. Threats and all of that. All of that stuff kept me in line to be able to get to a place where I can come on the other side of that and look like, man, y'all was tripping. But I understand why y'all did what y'all did. And it was out of love. I'm not going to do that to my <laughs> kids or like I'm able to raise them differently because this is how y'all raised me. And so when we look at these belief systems, these stigmas, and we see what it looks like when people are unable to move through and move forward, you know, we are having to challenge a, an entire set of belief systems that's clustered in another set of belief systems. And I think that so much of what our advocacy and community itself does is at the very least, it brings our people's awareness to those clusters of belief systems. And we can see the inconsistency with what's happening around us. Like, how is it that what I think and believe is not getting me to where I think I should be. And once we start doing that, I mean, I think that's where it get real ugly for people because mm. it's not a pretty process mm -mm. to have to look at what your actions are and be accountable as well as look at like where you can make changes. And I'm gonna say this too, like I, I've seen 
oftentimes like this this victim mentality that's mm -hmm. projected onto us like oh you're mm -hmm. black you're marginalized you're you're helpless like you mm -hmm. need more and i don't resonate with that at all mm -hmm. and that, in fact it's one of the i don't get mad about a lot of stuff but that's one thing that angers me like i refuse to be a victim people around me ain't victims so like to have that projected onto myself and my community without you know at least talking to us is <laughs> is annoying and it's frustrating so uh our roles in finding community and seeing you and seeing me and people who look like us and represent us it does challenge me in a way where i'm like i'm inspired but it can challenge somebody mm -hmm. to where they're triggered right so how does a person listening to this right now who looks at us and goes there's a black man with herpes there's a black woman with herpes and they're open about it and man, they, I could never do that. Uh, I would, I can't imagine what type of messages y'all get. First off, I say that intention is everything. Like when I started this, it was because people with herpes wanted to kill themselves. If you make fun of me for having herpes and doing that, you are scum. You are a terrible person. And that's always been like in my back pocket. Like I'm ready to throw that down like a draw for an Uno. Like I'm waiting on that. And for some white lady to do something or say something and I get to use the you racist. <laughs> I'm waiting on both of those. I'm back here like like I got the big joker in space. I'm ready. See, I can't make those comments in, in my regular podcast because no nobody get it. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> but they, yeah, yeah. All that to say, like people are where they are. And we when they come see us, like we're up here in our diagnosis, in our experience. Like, where can people genuinely meet themselves and just start on the path to becoming how they would like to see themselves in regards to herpes stigma and their diagnosis? I think something that I am very, very good at is relating to my community. Like that's, I, I swear to God, that's my superpower. And that's the reason why most people look at me and they were like, she's on a platform, but I understand her because I don't change. I still talk to you just like I'll talk to you like I'm your homegirl. I was like, girl, you lost your mind. I went, literally, I, when they sent me a message, I said, he did what? No, wait yet. Like, uh, and that's just my whole thing is I know our culture and I think that's the one thing I never have done is make myself seem like I don't get it. I never put myself in, but like I never created this. I'm your doctor and you're a patient because I hate it. Okay. I never wanted that. So I make it, I talk to them like we're friends. I talk to y'all like I'm your sister, your aunt, your mama. Sometimes I'm about to be your mama because you don't like your mind. You know, type thing. So I I kind of like use our culture, how we you how we move in our culture to help us grow in our culture, in our new culture, in a sense. And it works because I have many women and men come to me. They're like, believe this situation. I said, why? Why? <laughs> why you do that? What what were you thinking? You know, and that lets them realize, like, okay, she's not judging me. She's talking to me like my mama would. She's talking to me like my brother would. Like, it's not this place where they feel like. Like I said, I can only I can only use the the feel of a doctor and a patient feel because you feel disconnected. I never wanted the community to feel disconnected because number one, we already disconnected from something we have. It's like it it literally strips your life apart. Who you thought you were going to be, how your life is going to look, it's literally like it's snatched from under your feet. 
So when you talk to me, I want you to feel this. Okay, I can feel comfortable. She gets it. She doesn't make me feel like I'm an outsider. It makes me feel like I'm talking to a friend. And that has helped me tremendously in the community because they're like, I can talk to police about anything. Absolutely. Okay. I know everything. Y'all have no clue. I know a lot of folks business. I'm like, she did what? <laughs> you know, type thing. So I just stayed as a friend. I stayed as the sister. I stayed as the potential girlfriend. I don't been a girlfriend to some of these men. I'm like, oh, and she did what? Uh-uh. She better not. You know, I have been a lot of things to everybody just so they can feel comfortable to feel normal again. And I think that was the biggest thing that I did well was the fact that I never just being normal and being a human. I think some of some advocates make herpes up here. No, they want to be normal. Don't make herpes more important than them being human. They trying to get to the day to days and you're making this way more important. Now, I did it in the beginning because I had to scream from the mountaintops to get attention. But after a while, I came down and became my DMs. I, they was like, oh, I, I didn't know what to really expect. I was kind of nervous. They're like, you cool. I said, because you want a normal life. You want a normal conversation, which I even seen that with you, Courtney, when you post your, your, um, your um, screenshots. It's normal. Yeah, I I forgot about the screenshots. I just haven't been, I ain't been getting them in so long. But I, I think that that shows one of two things is happening. Like people are finding the resources and now they're not really feeling a need to reach out because it's yeah. not as bad as uh, it can be for a person who they find out nothing's available and right. then they're freaking out and then boom, they become an advocate to create the resource that they need like for themselves. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I love how, you know, what you said is you are able to, you they friend, you they cousin, you they girlfriend, whatever it is that you need to be. And that lets you get to be yourself. And for my advocacy, it's definitely evolved over the years on my end. Because I've always had to be a little bit careful. I don't know how I found myself in like the sex education field, but that's where I landed. And this is predominantly white women, and I'm the only yeah. black dude. I don't to know my how knowledge. you got there. I had I, no clue how you got there. I said, how did he get there? I've watched you so many times. I said, how did this black man get here? But I said, you know what? It works. I'm happy. Yeah. Go, 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 go. <laughs> I was pushing back. Keep going. It's working. They like you. Listen, and it's, it's, I'll say it's lonely. It, it's definitely lonely because like, I also have to do this code switching thing, like yeah. to watch out for myself in a variety of ways. Um, one of the main things that comes to my attention is like how not my presence is symbolic of what I think all people look and see, you know, for a black man living with herpes. So, like, I show up to these public health conferences, these women's health conferences, these therapy conferences, and, like, they'll offer the opportunity to say something. You see it in people's faces when I fix my lips to speak and I go, so you mentioned, you know, whatever, how I speak. Like, you can see it in the person's face. They're like, oh, mm -hmm. he's so well-spoken, right? He's I see that shit. Educated. I see that. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I absolutely love it, though. Yeah, but, like, you, you got to use it. You know what I'm saying? It and it's works. in the name of 
in the name of mitigating stigma in people, right? So I'm I'm here and again, like not sure how I got here, but like on Instagram, I remember starting out, I created this account and I just started following hashtag herpes. Anyone who posted about herpes, like follow all these people. Not everybody followed me back. And over years, over time, I was just like, all right, these people ain't interested and then unfollow. Mm -hmm. But that ended up leading to things spiraling out. And the only people who might share something about herpes are people who have it or people who work with people who Mm -hmm. are living with it. Right. So this led to me connecting with a lot of therapists, people Mm -hmm. who perform STI testing, uh, people in the public health field, nurses, and taking the approach of like starting because people with herpes wanted to kill themselves, right? And just right. interviewing these people that I could find, that's who was available. You know, there have been a couple dozen black women that I've interviewed, but out of 350-ish podcast episodes, you know, what does that say, right? It doesn't really say much of anything. Like I've interviewed nope. more black women than I have men, which is a whole nother conversation, but uh, the representation isn't really there. And I'm responsible for, you know, being able to speak on behalf of all of these different populations of people, especially when I go into these spaces. So it's very difficult for me not to connect with the community. But I think because I'm open, when we go back to looking at that, like fear and shame, it's that black people don't do what we doing. Like we don't do this shit. You know what I'm saying? We are, oh, you got herpes? All right, don't tell nobody. What happens at home is supposed to stay in the house. And we ain't ain't living like that. And our presence, again, directly will challenge or inspire somebody. And I see it in messages. You know, people will reach out, ask me a couple questions, and they're like, I get blocked. Like, people will disengage any sort of contact with Courtney or a paper trail, any sort of trail. Well, they don't want nobody to find it. Yeah. I'll have people tell me, police don't tell me happy birthday. Wow. Like, cause I I'm that type. Like, and I, I tend to forget. Like, I don't see what other people see. I treat you just like a regular. I I don't care how many followers I'm having. I'm gonna tell you happy birthday. I'm gonna be like, yeah, girl, all of these things. And I realize people go and look at your page. I think that's why I took the blue check off because I'm like, I'm sick of this. I need to be normal. I'm tired of people trying to like. I took it off because I'm like, people are just because I. At the end of the day, because of what we do, it's interesting that we still have to monitor the stigma for them. And it's sad, but it's true in aspects where it's like, I want to support you so much, but I can't because you still struggling with the stigma within yourself, or you may be fine, but the people around you could do you some harm. I have people who reached out to me who will never tell me what they do or can't because it can hurt their career. Okay. Like this can be the death of them. Okay. Or they boyfriend found out some people go missing. Okay, this is a real thing. Like, and I think sometimes as bad as we want the stigma to go away, do I believe it 100% ever go away? No. Um, And that's just because people love to hold on to things, period. They like to hold on to things. Um, Not because it's beneficial, it's just because it's easy. It's easy to hold on to the stigma. It's easy to hold on to my life is over or hold on to somebody who you thought really care about you, but don't. They, they're dogging, but you'll hold on to it, you know? So I think that's the thing that I have to understand, but also I just, 
I just move forward and I respect it. You know, it's like if you unfollow, you come back. I'm sure you don't dealt with it where people will unfollow you and then come back and say, can you put me back in the group or can you put me back in this or, you know, all those things. And what I say, it's OK. That's fine. You did what you needed to do for you because we all have to make the best decisions for ourselves. Um, and I'm not against it. Because before, some, somebody else won't let you back in the group. I, I keep it real. Folks will not let you back after you, quote, unquote, disassociate or, oh, let's use the word, reject them. <laughs> you get rejected. People do not want to let you back in. I'm not like that because we all got to make decisions. Mm -hmm. uh, you, you mentioned monitoring stigma for people. And yeah. I, I wanted you to elaborate a little bit more. Like, what does that look like? I think what you were saying is like um, not saying happy birthday to them. Yeah. Or, keeping yourself at arm's length so that people yeah. around them don't know. So if that's what you mean, then for me, I've experienced this with dating and being in a relationship with somebody. So I don't have an issue dating with herpes. I've always had an issue dating with herpes and being open about having herpes. That's been what the issue has been from like not being able to tell partners, family, pre uh, mm. friends what I do. And it's like, That's crazy. I, they might find out. Like, I don't know how people I Google people like I, I need to know who I'm dealing with. <laughs> you know, I don't know how more people don't just do that. You'd be surprised what come up. Uh, so. You know, if I'm seeing somebody and over time, like I I'm asked about my day and I got to like, you know, look to you and I'm like, uh, I don't think she's comfortable with her diagnosis. I did, so let I me just go today. Yeah, I just nah, did I'm that. a yoga instructor. Yeah, it's been that. It's been all my other jobs. They're like, oh, you do a lot. I'm like, dude, this is this is like 10% of what I actually do. But I can't tell you that. And so that's been a really big filter for me when it comes to dating and relationships is, mm -hmm. all right, like, am I able to talk about my work? Like how mm -hmm. comfortable or uncomfortable is this person? Not with me having herpes or their own diagnosis, but me and having to manage or monitor the stigma for them. So that's just one way that it can look or yeah. ooh, going true. back to the support groups. I'll be out at support group stuff and people who talk to me, you know, and in conversation, like, oh, who you here with? And I'm like, I'm here with like 40% of the people who are in here. Oh, what do y'all know? What do, how y'all know each other? Right. And then you run the risk of outing the group. So for me, it became a point where I was like, damn, I, I can't remain in integrity of who I am and also monitor stigma for these people, you know, and there have been times where I try and like host a support group uh, at in the support group at events where it's like my level and type of support group, not the, we're going to sit here. We're going to talk about, you know, how negative and bad herpes is like I run a, an organization called something positive for positive people. Right. I, like the negativity is inherent and that doesn't get filtered through this. You know, we mm -hmm. neutralize that negativity for the sake of being able to move our way up and through our diagnosis and herpes stigma. So even in like monitoring the stigma, there have been a lot of things done by the people even in the support groups to just kind of avoid or go around doing the kind of work that I'm encouraging for people to do, which is really work around emotions and the emotions of what it means to navigate the herpes stigma. So I, I very much resonated with what it looks like to monitor and manage stigma for other people. Um, did you have anything you wanted to add to that before I move on? Mm 
interesting. I have never dated anybody knowingly who had herpes. We found out over time, you know. Um, but no, I have more success with men who don't have it, and they respect what I do and uplift and support more than anything. They're like, dope. You that girl, like literally, I get that on the regular. But guys, like, no judgment. I got you. What you need? How can I help you? How can I support you? Which is interesting. Where you would think the person it will feel the same way, but this dude don't have it. Don't care if he gets it. Don't care. Period. And he's more supportive. But I don't know. I I can say. It before used to bother me with the monitoring, but then I have to realize I am a therapist by trade. So I understand it's the same way if you're my client and I have to keep your information. And I, I look at it from that standpoint, other than girl, I'm just telling you happy birthday, chill, you know, type thing. Um, other than saying, Oh, you are my client. And if anybody may see that as your therapist or your life coach, it's certain things I can't do. That client and um patient type um relationship I have to uphold so that's something I take in consideration of and I'll say that to any person who is an activist be mindful of that client and client relationship it's a thin line it's real thin it ain't as close as you think it is I have been blessed enough to have best friends out of this community but everybody ain't your friend okay so you have to be mindful of that and even if you do not have uh, if you're not an activist, but even in the community, you have to know everybody's not for you. Everybody's just do not become friends just because y'all have herpes. That's like being friends because we just black. Duh, we ain't doing that. I care less if you got the same color. Like, you need to test the spirit by the spirit. <laughs> I'm being honest because I think some people just don't trauma bond. That's it. I just, I, that's all we, we used to hearing it. Truthfully, do not just do it because they have it. And my whole thing, if you do make friends, make sure that person's on the up and up. They're not in the stigma no more. Don't y'all, all y'all do is talk about, oh, oh, it's me. No, you need to have somebody like, girl, uh-uh, you down today. Let's get you up. Let's get you in that counselor's. Like, y'all need to be working together to have this life y'all say you want. But if all y'all do is sit and say, girl, me too, y'all ain't friends. Y'all are not friends. Y'all just victims in the same uh, cell. Yep. Uh, there's nothing There's nothing more I'm going to add to that because uh, this was one of the things we talked about before. We weren't going to talk about people. We weren't going to talk about situations. So uh, we keeping it positive over here. Yeah. Uh, I want to invite anybody who is here and in the chat. Uh, you might not see the chat, but if you have a question, please feel free to type it in. Uh, we got to let Belize go in eight minutes. So I was going to just wrap up with a little bit of communication about the advocacy, unless y'all have questions for Belize directly. Uh, I'll stay on here for a little bit longer. I'll stop the recording after I do the outro and then we can do Q&A. But um, yeah, I it's funny because as I, I looked away from my my questions and we managed to cover everything on there just in I've conversation. Seen it. You think yeah. I'm being free to read We've been yes. doing this for too long. But, okay, that's love. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, speaking of doing this for too long, though, you know, a lot of people have come and gone in this advocacy space. What? And I myself have, like, I, I got I got abandonment issues to an extent. So yeah, consistency really is very I'm so important proud of you today. with me. 
oh man, that is so important to me to, to remain consistent. And mm -hmm. I want to like share that I respect you for your consistency for sure, because we know how challenging, how emotionally exhausting and how easy it is to burn out. And we've seen oh, other yeah. people who, you know, have stopped for whatever reason. I love the, I'm going to take a break from this for a while. You know, what privilege. You're not right? coming back. It's not, <laughs> what privilege? That's like somebody saying, you know what, we need a break in a relationship. You're out. That's, that's a nice it. way of saying I'm breaking up with you and never coming back. It's the same thing. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I've, I've recently redone my website and I see some of the episodes from three years, four years, six years ago, and oh. there's broken links. You know, people's support groups are like, hey, what happened to this? And I'm like, ah, let me see. And it's like, I don't know. Oh, they are. this gone. person's just gone. And on one hand, it's like, all right, I, I'm, I'm going to say this because I, I can say this. There's a lot of things that I see in here on Instagram or at these conferences where it's a lot of white people and they say a lot of shit that just i don't resonate with just from how right. i grew up like um sometimes it's okay to take a break i believe that but they're like oh you need the rest when you need the rest or like stop doing and it's like y'all got y'all got time to rest like y'all got y'all can do that right they can do that because it's a culture built for it they are used to going to therapy they're used to having a certain lifestyle that's built for rest we're just creating that. We're right. just getting a feel for that. Of you need to sit down and listen to our bodies and all. So I'm, I'm with you on that. It used to bother me, but then I have to understand, especially since I'm around more um, Caucasians nowadays. Um, I understand they're only speaking from their lifestyle. And I feel like your lifestyle is not a bad lifestyle. You're telling me based off your experience and you want me to benefit off your experience. But it's not mine. Thank you. You know, but I don't incorporate that quite yet. You know, type thing. So I just know sometimes they're trying to help. And some people are like, they're not trying to help. Yeah, you'll be surprised. They're really trying to help. They're trying to give you your reparations. I take my reparations every time I walk into a white person come next to me. You give me my reparations. It ain't got to be no money. You'll give me something. If you view it like that, I swear to God, y'all get more. I swear. White folks get you. know what I'm talking about, Courtney. You don't have some girls rub your back. She got your back. <laughs> I've, yeah, I, I have. It's people, it's people who really do rock with me, like <laughs> just on a personal level, my career. And I very, very much respect and appreciate all that they do and have done. Um, yeah. but like I said, it's hard. Like I ain't no roadmap for this. I had this lady and this happened to me on Halloween last year, two years ago, it's 2022 actually. And this lady came up to me and she was like, well, it's a little bit of backstory, but she just sat down next to me, looked me in my soul, believes it was this older black woman. She said, your journey is it's not an easy one. In fact, I don't even know if we can call it a journey at all. She put her hand on my shoulder, looked me in my eyes and she said, I share the weight got up and walked away from me and i was like that's it like you ain't got no more for me what was that supposed to be this it makes sense a... over the years yes yes it does and it's like oh okay i had an I older lady do me like that so all right so it ain't just me it's these like uh -uh, i had spirits. an older lady do that like i was in college and that's when i after i found out my diagnosis i literally got pregnant with my son the same year that i found out my diagnosis um can you hear me Okay, so um, the next year, 
I had to work. I'm in school still. I did not leave school. I still like fought it out. An older lady came up to me. I was at work and I thought I did something wrong. I had a little, little booty shorts. I thought a grandma was going to tell me not to like, baby. Yeah. Um, baby, what's wrong with your shorts? <laughs> like I thought she was going to say something because I was at work, but I thought she was going to say something to me because I'm in the South. I'm in Alabama on top of that. So I'm like, I'm always ready for an elder to tell you something, you know, and not to know just out of respect. So um, she was like, she asked my manager, hey, can you tell that young lady to come back? So I'm thinking I'm in trouble. But instantly, anytime you feel an elder tell you to come back, you I'm assuming I don't did something, right? And she looked at me and she said, you are, what did she call me? She said, you are the lighthouse. You're going to be the lighthouse. I had no clue what that old lady was talking about. And that's all she said. And she said, baby, God bless you. And now that I look at my life, and that's before I even thought to be an activist, not even a thought, I was just in denial about my diagnosis at that point. I was just like living my life. I'm a mom now. So I don't really have time to think about herpes. I need to get over it, you know, in a sense. But now that I look at my life, I am. I go around and everybody who see that light, you're going to come towards it. Or you're going to ignore it. But the light is still coming around. It ain't stopping. The light going to keep on flashing. It's going to keep on coming. And the lighthouse don't move. It's it's embedded in the ground. And that's how I look at my life. That And even what I'm doing, I'm not moving. I'm 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 cemented into the ground. I can't go anywhere if I wanted to. Y'all, I'm trying to quit. I'm trying to quit. Courtney, I tried to quit. I'm like, I'm sick of y'all. I ain't going to I've had those moments where like I've tried to even with yoga specifically, like I was like, oh, I'm going to just start teaching yoga to athletes. And then somehow full circle, because I started doing yoga when I got diagnosed, because that I was one that. of the things that came up. And it was like, here's how you manage or minimize the potential for outbreaks. Yep. Like, All right. I'm going to do yoga. Went through, got training. It and did well. It did. And, <laughs> and here we are like full circle. I, I haven't told anybody this, but. I am going to, I never wanted to be a therapist. I will, I will, however, because I like yoga so much, uh, participate in like a yoga therapy program and be yeah. able to utilize that as a support resource for people with herpes. Cause I've tried to get yoga teachers. I know who have herpes and be like, Hey, why don't no, you work with me? They're not. Gonna do that. They're, not. I, they're not. And therapists as well. I've tried to get therapists. to. They support. won't do it either. So it's like, all right, here That's you why go. I'm, I'm becoming a therapist. Oh, y'all don't even know. I'm in. I'm getting my doctorates. So literally, yeah. Like, it's interesting what y'all don't understand. Like, it's some people are so scared of the stigma that they won't even use their career to help their own community. I'm good. Um, to help their community. So, just know it's forcing us <laughs> to go get the degrees and go get the certifications and create the organizations. Like, and I'll say this to you, Court. I'm so proud of you for starting um, the nonprofit because it don't exist. Like, we need it so bad. And for the fact that you are so diverse, it's benefiting us. Thank it's you. benefiting us. Yes. Uh, I'm trying to bring all the experiences. I don't understand everything, but I, I get people <laughs> on it. I can be curious. <laughs> like, I ask questions. Like, oh, so you do what? You in what kind of what type workshops you do? So right. it's nice to be able to just have this space, this community of people who are representing the herpes community in a way that <clears throat> isn't 
oh my God, this is the worst thing that ever happened to me. Uh, I don't know what I'm going to do and trauma bonding. Right. So there's so much more to us than that. And I think that that's what the something positive for positive people community is beginning to show representation of Mm -hmm. as we continue to do things. And we're just really empowering people to make stigma irrelevant to themselves so that Mm. they can just go out and live life like without that association because we are not our sexuality it is part of us and i think that it's so easy to identify with your sti status especially because that's a thing that we use to connect but when you have to ask yourself what other ways am i connecting with people and then you hear crickets you know you got to be with that stillness that quiet and figure out what needs to change for yourself Mm. so on that note you said that out of here so no that was really really good so i enjoyed this this is so good you know we can talk on and on and on and on and on and on and on but a lot of stuff we're gonna say in private but we can say all the on and on and on and on yeah i want to i want to let you uh plug yourself how can people find you how can they engage with you you are on the something positive for positive people directory uh the podcast or i'm sorry not podcast the uh partners page uh for vanquish care uh, so that's on there. If you do visit Vanquish Care, you can use code SPFPP to save a little money on your purchase of Vanquish Care products. So go ahead and give us the plug and then how people can find you, where the site is and anything else. And then I'll let you go while I close this out. Well, you guys can find me at www.vanquishcare.com. That's also where if you need life coaching, okay? And I'm plugging this because I think people are just coming for herpes. I have herpes, but I am a life coach. Some of you guys just want to talk to somebody who understands or you have other things. So I just want to start plugging that because some people just need someone to talk to and they need a therapist. Um, I'm opening that door. Um, so you can go there for sessions and also to buy products. Um, like Courtney said, you use that code, you'll get 10% off. And Courtney, I'm going to confirm that code to make sure it's correct and it's working, okay? Just know that. Um, and then on top of that, you can follow me at Coach Beliefs on Instagram. Um YouTube, I'm still there. I don't post there, y'all. I have 400 and some videos. I don't know what else to talk about. Okay, I'm not redoing no videos. I'm sorry. I'm not redoing content. Like, they can do that. (laughs) I ain't doing it. I did it. (laughs) I got too much content over there. Um, So if you're looking for videos, I mean, I have videos after videos after videos over there and just go to SC Life Coach and I'll pop up there. If y'all want to hear me rant a little bit, then I'm on TikTok (laughs) because I'm going to just say what I'm going to say on TikTok. (laughs) That's where my rat life is. And that's beliefs by me there. Um, but follow me, DM me. My DMs are open. No need to be scared. I'm your friend. I'm here to help you. Most importantly, help you get over. And that's what my business was called prior was overcome the stigma. That was what I pushed in the beginning. And I'm still there because it ain't went nowhere. We're still overcoming the stigma. And I've, I've blessed enough to say I've helped. So many people do it, but they had to come to realize the stigma was in within, not the 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 virus it per se. It was something that they were putting on themselves. So yeah. Amen. All right. 
That concludes this episode of Something Positive for Positive People. Please like, rate, review, share, subscribe to this podcast. And more importantly, go check out the website. It's I've spent a lot of money on it. So please go check out the website. It's nice. It's, w- <laughs> it's really it's nice. org, And you can browse around. You can see access to our events. We have a calendar that shows events. This one was listed on there. And the events are going to be donation-based and free for members. So if you are a member of Something Positive for Positive People or you want to be, you can visit the memberships tab. It's just spfpp.org slash membership. The conference is May 23rd, 2024. It's virtual. Everybody can make it. I am selling tickets to this conference because I got to pay these people to speak. I got to learn how to use the Zoom that I just had to pay for. And I got to probably get another laptop because I broke mine. I think it's just old. So, yeah, that's why we sell the tickets. <laughs> but, um, yes, I appreciate everybody who's been listening. Thank you to our guests who are here. Um, let me know what y'all think because I do want to do this more. I know we had a little bit of audio choppiness here and there. That's something that I'll figure out how to work out, especially before the conference so I can get things together. But, um, yeah, please reach out to myself. Reach out to Belize. Um, you know how to get in contact with us. It'll be in the show notes as well. And yeah, just uh, till next time. Peace out, please.